0: Hello everyone, I'm Jeremy Boychin with the Alberta Wheat and Barley Commissions here on The Growing Point chatting with Dr. Brian Barris, who is a research scientist with Agriculture and Agri-Food Canada, Uh, and he is a serial agronomy guru for Western Canada here. Uh, He also represents Canada in the International Wheat Initiative, Um, so quite a bit of experience there. How's it going, Brian?
1: It's going well, Jeremy. Thanks for
0: having me on today. It's a pleasure to have you. Um, We have had quite a few questions coming in already. Um, around in-crop nitrogen applications. When should it be going on? How should we be using it? What kind of results we, we should expect? Uh, so so when when should we be applying nitrogen and, and when in regards to what kind of results we want? When should we be applying it for yield results and when should we be applying it for protein results?
1: Well, that's a really good question and that's one that is an age-old question and is going to be carrying on well beyond you and I are pushing tulips um, decades from now um, because it's very you know there's a there's the science side of this question but there's also the um, um, sort of the socioeconomic side of it about what's influencing that decision and um, and there's such an influence with um, with mother nature and the expectation or prediction of precipitation um, that it's really it really is a moving target from year to year but but generally speaking um, if we're not going to put all of our end requirements down at planting um, and we're we're going to decide that we want to try a split application to sort of you know economize as much as possible our nitrogen budget then um, a split application is is definitely something that works um so if you're targeting yield and we need to meet that yield requirement early on, um, that's something where, you know, you want to be you want to be putting that on fairly early in the the growing season. And if you feel that you've met all your yield and and you have insufficiency for yield and you also want to try and, you know, intensify the system and shoot for managing protein, that's something that you would want to be doing during the reproductive phase. So during the vegetative stage, you're sort of meeting those end requirements for yield, but at the at the um, reproductive phase, um, that is when you could possibly um, make some difference in terms of protein accumulation in the grain.
0: So it sounds like, and, and I, I like that you brought up the idea of of you know we're, we're maybe we're holding back on initial nitrogen rates. Um, and then, and then saving some of that nitrogen to go in crop. Is this something that only applies to that type of management, or if if a producer had put in a hundred percent of his expected yield, is this something or his expected nitrogen? Is this still something that he could venture into, or she could venture into if if it was if she saw potential for increased nitro- or increased yields? Well, it's possible because <clears throat> you know the one thing
1: we haven't talked about yet is the inverse relationship between. Um, you know, yield and protein. So if you're getting conditions that are conducive to high production and and so you're expecting that you're going to have fairly high yields, the other thing you're going to experience is possibly, um, you know, a dilution in how much of that is going to actually be partitioned to protein and so your protein levels will drop and you know the other facet to this that shouldn't be lost is what variety did you select and what is its genetic potential for protein accumulation because there is the gpc gene that's that's um in some of our varieties like and and first reported in a variety like lillian that has you know a genetic um predisposition to higher grain protein accumulation to begin with so um, there's the genetic aspect when you selected your variety and then there's you know taking a good hard look and this year is a good example where this could be a year in a lot of places where we aren't going to get the precipitation or the high productivity environment so then what that is going to cause is probably not a concern for protein but one for yield and so you're, you're your probability of getting a good response or a return on added nitrogen if you thought you're at 100% at planting you know is 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 very dependent on the amount of moisture which thereby then gives you that that higher production environment and so if it's not there then you really would question why you'd want to go in and 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 apply even more um but we've had we've definitely also have had years recently as well where you know there was there was a rationale for going in because we were getting so much moisture in some places where you know okay this is going to be a high produ- production year i've got a a variety that that gives me you know very high yield potential and the variety and the environment is telling me i need to switch my management and probably add more add more nitrogen either at the vegetative stage to ensure I've got insufficiency for yield or you know this is a variety that is very high yield but um, isn't so hot for protein to begin with um, I think I might you know go in later Um at uh, boot or a little bit later than that, and apply some additional end to bump up that protein.
0: So it sounds like it, it's not just how much you put up front. it is environment. it is variety. there's there's a lot of different factors going into this decision, and each one needs to be taken carefully. yeah,
1: and it's a it, it's probably a classic example, and we we started talking a lot about it, and I think everybody's hearing about it now is this gen you know the genetic, by the environment, by the management, and this is like, A classic classic example of that you need that synergy of all of them in order to to really maximize and optimize things you know within within that farming system you've developed on farm
0: so is there is there a specific growth stage that we should be targeting for in crop nitrogen for yield versus protein is there is there is there a specific stage we should be looking for for just yield increase and a specific stage for for just protein? Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I like you know if you're if you're in a if you you
1: know you need to pick whichever um, you know growth stage model you want to use. I I, I like Feek's, for example. So um, if I was going for um, nitrogen just for yield, I would be like in that early tillering phase of like a, a feeks 4, for example, for yield, and then I'd probably hold off, if I was certain I had all my insufficiency there for for yield, I would probably then hold off and go in, you know, somewhere around um, no earlier than, than growth stage 7, but probably closer to growth stage 10, where I would uh, then be... You know, hitting it with um, with that nitrogen application that I'm hoping to give me some protein responses.
0: Okay, so so environmental conditions, variety, um, and timing, we've covered those. What about what about rates? Um, should we, or what about um, sorry form and and equipment? And should we be targeting specific nitrogen forms, specific equipment for the, for putting this down? Well, I
1: think I think the you know, there's there's two there's two parts to that question. One is how do we most effectively deliver the N, and um, that's evolved quite a bit in the last decade. And then the other question is, um, you know, how do we ensure that we don't lose it? And so, and so there's there's a bit of overlap with that with that last part two, and so as far as equipment in the old days if we were doing something in crop we were probably not changing up too much with our spray equipment and and I did a lot of work a long time ago and back then it was we were still just using flat fan nozzles and and you would get some leaf burn from that and not the greatest delivery of the end because we do know from other studies that you could apply it on on the canopy if you wanted to with a flat fan nozzle, but the reality is that it still needs to get washed down because almost all the absorption of that end is going to occur through the roots, not the leaves. And so um, you would see a little bit of leaf burn. People thought that was a major concern, but it actually wasn't. Um, But that's a moot point anyway because now we've we've evolved to some really nice application equipment where we can quickly apply streamer bars or... um, uh, sorry install streamer bars to our um, um, uh, whatever sprayer we want to use and and do that and that's very effective because basically it's just shooting a jet of that of that liquid end down into the into the root system and and thereby you know allowing it to be up taken up quite rapidly the other nice part about that is you don't get you don't get that atomization and and that vulnerability to loss um you know through volatilization that you would you would get otherwise and and the best way to do i think if 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 you can if you can justify the little bit added cost if you're you know somebody that's using a liquid form is that um you know we have enhanced efficiency fertilizers that can stabilize that N form and help ensure that it stays in the soil long enough so that the plant can fully utilize it and and i'm talking liquid but there's there's obviously if you want to float it on with uh um you know w- with any sort of air boom type application as a, as a granule that's fine too and we did learn a good lesson that you know when we lost ammonium nitrate and thought it was the end of the world um, actually, our urea um, has been quite effective as a, as a top dress treatment and probably we could expect in certain situations some gain um, and I would certainly encourage producers to experiment with some of these enhanced efficiency fertilizers that can be used in conjunction with a granular application. Urease inhibitors such as Agartain. Or um, ones that even go a little bit further with some nitrification inhibitors like um, um, Super U. So, and then and then there's others as well. And and, and what we see is that in, in those higher productivity environments is where you. You know, where you're going to see a lot of this split application occurring because the farmers decided they have enough precipitation or it's on irrigation that, you know, they're expecting high productivity. But with that could also be exposing themselves to some loss. And so you do get some mitigation of that loss. And so when you have those type of environments where it's high productivity, that's really where these EF you know, these enhanced efficiency fertilizers really tend to pay for themselves.
0: You kind of... uh Kind of, kind of jump to my next question, which, which I like. You're, you're, you're ahead of me on this, but that was kind of my next question: is, is if we're we're looking at applying these in crop nitrogen applications, um, a lot of the recommendations we see is to make sure that there's going to be rain in the forecast, maybe at least half an inch, to make sure that you're washing that in. So can we can we negate that need if we're using enhanced efficiency um, fertilizers that that are going to reduce that volatilization um, and reduce that loss, or do we still want to combine that with with rain? fall or moisture
1: yeah because I think and there's some nice models out there um, depending on how intense um, you know some of the the farmers are with with monitoring that they might have, some of them might have a weather station there's some nice weather stations and and a, and uh applicate you know apps for your mobile phones and stuff where you can you can really monitor um what you've got in the soil profile for moisture what you're expecting to receive in the in the near term and then make a real you know informed decision about how much more and if any i want to apply and you know if it's a situation where you're expecting, well, there's two. If you're if you're not expecting a lot and you're resigned to to conclude that you're going to be in a low productivity environment for a given year, I mean you've answered your own question about how much more nitrogen you want to put on, uh, which probably isn't a lot given the return you're probably going to receive from a lower yielding environment. However, if you're in a more intensified production system and you expect high yield potential, that is really when those split applications are going to um, be effective and that's when I think you'll see the best response um, by combining that application with enhanced efficiency fertilizer. And it would be nice, it would be nice for us to someday see some sort of a credit given back to producers that are using these enhanced efficiency fertilizers that um, are clearly a better environmental choice. Um, but I don't know where that is these days in terms of a policy.
0: Yeah, we still might be uh, needing a little bit more room to fight on that one. Hey, Brian, thanks for taking the time to chat with us today. Um, I appreciate it, Um, and uh, we'll chat with you next time. Always a pleasure, Jeremy. Okay, thank you to everyone listening uh, to The Growing Point, and we'll see you next time.